Welcome to this episode of The Authentic Advisor, which discusses and debates the hot topics impacting business advisors globally. My name's James Mason. It's great to be joined today by Jason Langford-Brown, an independent advisor from the firm Lucid, based in Birmingham, UK, to discuss the notion of culture eating strategy for breakfast, which is obviously the famous quote attributed to well-known consultant and author Peter Drucker. But we're here today to talk about, is it a myth or is it reality? So thank you for joining me, Jason. Uh, pleasure, James. Great to be here. Yeah, no, thanks for making the time to chat all this through today. I, I, I do like before we get into all the, the guts of this, which I think is going to be a really interesting um, discussion to pick your brains, because I know you work with such a diverse range of businesses. I, I, I like to start off by getting a bit of a, a background to, to Lucid itself and, and also your journey to where you are today as an independent advisor. Sure, I'll give you the short version. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, we're, we're on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I suppose the summary is I spent, um, I'm not a career consultant. Um, I spent 25 years in industry. Um, my profession was sales and marketing, um, but I ended up at a fairly young age, actually, um, in C-suite leadership positions um, in a range of businesses. And I suppose the things that are probably relevant for today is I, was, I think I was quite fortunate I was in leadership young. But I also worked for some organizations that gave me exposure to some fantastic leadership development, including some stuff we did in the army, actually, which I still uh, keep a connection with today, which was which was great. Um, and, and so, you know, being 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 a leader, the notion of culture, you know, and growing businesses um, was just very much what I did. It was um, probably probably my specialism. My specialism was transformation, growth, scale up in my career, which I suppose then just leads into into Lucid, which fundamentally is a business improvement practice. So everything we do is focused around organizational teams and leadership, next level performance. Um, that's probably the, the easy way to summarize what we do today. Yeah, great. And that's why I thought you were really well placed to to talk about. I know you present on culture a lot and work with so many, again, a diversity of, of leaders. So I guess getting straight into it, the question off the bat is, is, is culture, from your experience, a bigger contributor to success than a winning strategy, as the, as the phrase suggests? Yeah, I'm going to give a consultant answer now and say it depends, but it's, <laughs> I, I, think it is a, I think the first thing is a contributor. And I think the, why I say that is um, culture isn't a choice. Culture happens. I think most organizations have their culture accidentally. It's just you know, a consequence of the people that happen to be there. And I think that's a really important thing for business leaders to really get their head around. Um, I think then about whether it's a bigger contributor um, really depends how you measure success, if I'm really honest. I mean, I love culture and, and I'm a coaching psychologist, so I do a lot of stuff around people and culture. Um, but, you know, if I'm really honest, I see some businesses with really toxic cultures that from a business perspective, are highly, highly successful, um, you know, and so I suppose that's what I say, it depends how you measure success and maybe where your moral compass sits, because if you're happy driving a business, burning out people um, just to make money for yourself, um, arguably that's successful. But I think, you know, for me, if you really want to uh, take people on the journey, look after people in the process, um, leave a longer lasting legacy, then for me, culture has to be the bigger contributor. And I think, I think as well, sometimes you get there faster and more efficiently if, you, if your culture is sitting alongside everything else. Yeah, and building on that, you, it's very much a long-term, short-term thing from my perspective as well. You tend to see, you know, if yeah. you're playing the long game, certainly uh, you, you can't get there without a, a really strong culture that's driving high performance. But I do see a number of people that can get the strategy piece 
right, but it tends to be sort of a four to five year trajectory and then it starts the, the slow decline. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think for that longevity um, and, yeah, you do see businesses that are highly profitable with a toxic culture, but, um, yeah, I, you don't see too many long, long-term businesses that last very long. No. I think you're right because I think there's a couple of reasons. I mean, it's hard to have longevity when you burn through people because you've got to keep bringing more people in to burn through. Um, it's actually exhausting for you as a leader. And when you've got a strong culture, your people then start to take the load for you. When you're just, you know, smashing through human beings to make money, you know, it's all on you as a leader. So that's pretty exhausting. Yeah. And I guess that builds on to my next question in regard to, you know, can you succeed with an amazing culture but a poor strategy? Because you do see a lot of people, especially, you know, a lot of startups and with social media now, people are coming across so much great material of, of the importance of culture and, and the like. And, and But are you, is that what you see from your perspective that, you, you know, yes, you can have this amazing people and um, all the attributes of it, but a poor strategy and still get success? Yeah, I think you can, but I think it's, I suppose my last point on your previous question is, it's pretty inefficient. Um, so I think the, the great thing when you've got a great culture, a great group of people that trust each other, work well together, you know, are aligned, on their values, behaviors, whatever language you like in this in this topic, uh, they usually can figure it out. They can usually uh, they, they figure out as they go along. But of course, you know, the business consultant then says that's that's pretty inefficient. So you know, and probably the converse is if you if you've got a, a great strategy but a terrible culture, well, I was mean, back to the first question, maybe. But I think you probably I, I think I see as many good strategies with poor cultures being unhinged and not not working as I do good strategies with poor cultures winning. Yeah. So okay. I think you've got, yeah. So it's a slight, that was where I'd go on that. Yeah. Cause you do see, you know, I see a lot in the typically the technology space where you've got, you know, lots of very passionate people, but there may be then that, that strategy or that uh, that's poorly executed or, you know, the hypothesis they've got around a product or service uh, just doesn't cut through. Um, so you, you 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 you've got to certainly run both in in parallel. I've, I've found I, I still think there's a there's a big component of the strategy piece. There's almost pulling in in unison and and probably equally to to a certain extent. Would you agree? Oh, I, it's interesting talking about technology because technology in particular is interesting because I agree with you. But I think it's also often about people with an amazing culture and a, you know they love each other and they're passionate. But actually, even beyond the, the strategy, their model, their actual fundamental business model, they're trying to out is slightly flawed because um, you know they're so busy trying to be great people they haven't really thought actually is this really what the world's need world needs is this the way the world will take what what it needs um, which obviously lead on to a strategy so I think it even goes more fundamental that in, te in technology more often than not so so what do you see the keys to a high performing culture from your experience I think fundamentally it comes down to trust so I think that's the ultimate aim that business leaders should be looking for. I, I have lots of conversations um, with business leaders looking, I think, looking for the um, secret sauce. And really what they're asking me is, you know, what does a great culture look like? And they're often actually, when you start to dig into it, fishing for what are the right words? What are the, what are the words they should, they should have in their, in their core values? And it's interesting when you look at um, the top performing cultures, it's something that's measured in, in a number of places every year the words that these high performing cultures use are very unremarkable and very similar to lots of other people's words. 
Um, but when you start to really dig underneath it, you start to see the word trust is what actually underpins it. So I think for me, that, that ultimate key is if it's working, all of us here could look at each other and trust each other to do to, or to behave in the way that we think we should behave. Of course, because how we think we should behave is different to how someone else thinks they behave. And that's probably another important thing about culture is there's no good and bad. It's what's right for us. And if we yes. all do what's right for us, that's, that's all that really matters. Um, so I think that's the ultimate one. But I think a couple of other things to add to that is um, you do need alignment on your core values, core beliefs, behaviors, whatever language you, know, you want to use. You have to have role modeling from the top, you know, for mm. the leaders, but you need to I think that's key. stage through. Uh, absolutely. And um, you have to find ways to enforce it and, and drive it through performance. You know, I mean, certainly the businesses that I work with and the ones that I've observed, you know, are very happy to put um, people's um, basic to performance manage people against the, the, the culture, even ahead of the actual job. In fact, I've got a client right now who's just made a switch in there. In their performance management where they've put the uh, how people are performing against the cultural values above how well you're doing in your job so i think you know that mm. is a real good example of really putting enforcement of culture to the top of the list yeah uh, it's a you know, great great list and and i yeah you know, i think you you to have a high performing culture you've got to have a high performing business as well and i think that's you know it sounds logical but you just see people overlooking a lot of that and i think it leads to you know, toxic, toxicity, if that's the right word, um, across yeah. a lot of businesses that they've, again, sort of been strayed into some of these other areas without focusing on some of those areas that, that, that you know, because I think through performance, you've, you've got continuous improvement, you've got to innovate, you've got to have, you know, focus, you're, you know, uh, you know escalating good leaders to the top um, rather than too much politics. And so I think performance is often overlooked in some of those areas that, you um, from my experience, can lead to, to toxic environments um, if if they don't have a lens on that as well. I, I tell you, James, I think you're 100. I think people culture at the moment is fashionable, and the trouble with the fashionable things is people then think it's the silver bullet. Um, and culture is. I mean, we've got about 11. I shouldn't know this off the top of my head. About 11 factors that we think are in play if you're going to successfully grow or improve your business. Culture is absolutely one of them, but all those all those parts of the recipe are equally important, and, and yeah. performance is one of them, by the way, as well. So I think you're right. I think this is this is the problem is is that culture is only part of the puzzle if you want to think of it like a puzzle. Um, and if you're if you're ignoring everything else, then yeah, you're gonna you're gonna struggle to achieve what you want to achieve. Yeah, and, and without the other elements, you're not going to smooth it over with a a, a weekend away at some uh, retreat or, so, or something like that. And 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 no. that's why you know we've got a a great a great model in Mindshot where you look at the structure and then the waste, as you know, uh, and then yeah, yeah. look at the beliefs or culture of the business. And it really stresses that need to get the the right structure and the resource in place, drive out the you know, inefficiency. So you've got the high performance, and then you can start to you know actually have a high performing culture. But it, I think it prioritizes that quite nicely. It does. And I think you said earlier about time. I mean, to, you can make inroads on your culture quite quickly, but the reality is you're talking about a three to five year journey to really embed a high performing culture that's going to stick. And I think you're right. Mm. If you don't get that structural and that process waste part right in advance, people just become disillusioned and go, why am I putting the time and effort into aligning to this great culture when, you know, we can't even sort our crap out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, so, <laughs> so true. And, and that probably leads me on to the next. So, in, in you know, we talked about what makes a, a high-performing culture. What what do you see is if you need to name sort of the issue that you see holding back a high-performing culture? 
the common the common one always which will resonate with most people choice is is I hold it as not removing those that don't fit and doing it quickly. Mm, yeah, good point. I, I'm I'm going to contradict that in a second, but generally, you know, when you've got people that don't fit, you know, most performance management isn't about people not being able to do their job. It's normally about their the behaviour that's deemed unacceptable within the organisation. That's what it really boils down to. Uh, and the problem when you leave those people in is it's like I say it's like it's like it's like a pants on the inside. They just eat you from the inside out. You know they they disrupt people. Everyone that, that does fit and is getting on with their job in the right way is questioned why that person is still here. So then they start to question the leadership. So there's a whole bunch of problems with just holding on to those people that don't fit. Um, I think the other thing I'd say on that is that need for focus, direction and accountability, which you kind of just touched on and I mentioned before, is that you still need accountability to the culture, but it needs to be tied up with some focus and directions to where we're going and what we're trying to achieve. Otherwise, we're just turning up here to be a great group of people, but to do what? People need purpose. So there, for me, are the, are the biggest barriers. Um, yeah, and driven yeah, by strong leadership. That, but mm. I'm, I'm only, yeah, yeah, and you do need strong, so you do need strong leadership, absolutely. Yeah, all yeah. of that requires and, strong leadership. And so if a business wants to head down this pathway, they've, they've sat back and said, look, uh, yep, our, our culture's not too bad, but over the coming years, we, we really want to make some headroads on this. Where, where do you typically start when a business says, yep, we want to want to work on that? What, what's the first steps you take um, with a business? I think just something you just said there is interesting. I mean, even if your culture's okay, businesses, businesses that really understand culture understand it's something to be managed, but also to be evolved. So I think the first mm. question to ask yourself is, is our, is our culture still fit for purpose, not just for today, but for where we're headed in the next three to five years? So that's a question that I would definitely be asking myself. I then think you need to look at your mindset um, because it is a three to five year journey. So as you said, a lot of, I think a lot of leaders just go, it's just too hard. There's easier things for me to work on. So get your mindset mm. in right to say, it is a long game, but it is worth it if you want longevity and sustainability. Um, and then, then I think, you know, there's a bit of time and actually, James, I'm going to give you credit for this. Just taking a bit of time to really understand what, where really are you now culturally? And you had a speaker last year in Australia, um, and apologies, Michael I forgot his Henderson. name. Was it Michael? Michael Henderson. Michael Henderson. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I had some challenges around some of the work, but what I thought it was absolutely brilliant for, not so much for transformation, but for actually really deep diving in really understanding where we are now culturally. I thought it was a brilliant piece of work for that. So I definitely think that understanding where you are now. And I think then I mentioned at the very beginning, most people have an accidental culture. It's just happening because human beings, this culture, it's not a business thing. It's a social thing. People will create cultures, even in friendship groups. Um, mm. so I think being able then to really, it's probably linked to what you need for the future. What is the aspirational culture you need and want for your organization? So setting that very clearly and whether you do it into core values or core beliefs, you should cascade it into behaviours and standards and all that good stuff that we haven't got time to talk about here today. Um, that, that needs to be done by the leader. And then I think the next one, which I think is where leaders really struggle, you've got to hand it over. So um, you've got to, you know, once you've set the, the foundation, if you like, you've got to give it to your people and say, almost this is the foundation. Now you need to decide and bring to life how this happens day in, day out in your teams, in your department, because it will be different even across an organization. Um, mm. And be really comfortable that as long as they're, they're, they don't move away from alignment, from the core, that they should be allowed to do that however they like. Um, and I was actually, I've just done this exercise with a huge organization here in the UK. Great job, of course, all the leadership of the organization. It's about a 1,200 people organization as well. 
Um, and what they've done is reset the core beliefs and they've set a leadership standard for themselves as leaders. Um, they now need to pass that into the individual teams for them to create their own. They want to create charters around the organization, which mm -hmm. is fine. Um, and already I've got the directors jumping in going, oh, but we want to, we want to basically, you know, drive. And like, no, 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 you don't. <laughs> Let the people in that village over there decide for themselves how they live out. As long as they don't stop living out your core beliefs, it doesn't matter. So that handing yes. over piece is highly critical. Because if they never own it, then don't be surprised when they don't live it. No. But would you agree that the, the leaders and owners need to be the ones setting the tone of that? Because I've seen some businesses, they're trying totally. to do that collect collectively. And, yeah. and I think yeah. you can sometimes dilute the authenticity and as you said it's some of it's accidental but some of the leaders and owners i've come across have got a bit of a blind spot because they're just doing what they do naturally so to actually have a somebody that can tease that out as to to what is that sort of brilliance and what makes them unique is is often needs a, a bit of outside assistance but those leaders and owners should be probably the ones to be to be setting that tone and then obviously uh i, I guess bringing it to life through the, the broader team yeah. is that typically your approach or yeah let, let, let me let me make sure that I'm being really clear. I absolutely, there's absolutely no place for getting your workforce to decide what your culture is. No place for that. It's, it's nonsense. The leadership, ownership of the business ultimately set it because it's their business and what they believe will play out full stop. So I agree with you. They have to set the tone. They have to set the foundation. Um, what I'm then saying though is you don't need to allow people to sort of play that out day to day in their own way, okay. but with a massive, um, massive but but they cannot veer away from the core foundation that's been set by the leadership yes um, yeah and cascade culture through into ultimately this is what we do this is how we behave every day away yeah. from those six core values on the wall in reception and, you know, so. <laughs> that's right which uh you know more more permission to play uh, you know honesty integrity the, the things we should all be doing for granted yeah no see that too often um, and, and I think you also find if, if the team are defining it, you can often find the leadership can almost sabotage that either directly or indirectly. Um, and, and that causes even more of a toxic culture because then you've got some people saying, well, we really want to drive this forward and then they're not living the, the culture and the values. Yeah. Um, and you know, round and round we go with high churn rates and all the other things. Uh, you know, what do you find also, we touched on it briefly then, just you do see people that you know fall into that i guess rut of of just saying this is our culture these are our values and it all sounds a bit cliche and and you know all sounds not i mean do you really challenge them now to to really tease out that gold that makes them unique because as i said i think i find a, a lot of people have some blind spots in that that area yeah no one it's really easy because i had a leadership team last week hoping in the uk together and they've got really like a really good set of values and actually, they've got a pretty good culture. Um, I think it needs some work because I think it's not been developed enough. Um, but I just asked one question and just said, I, I'm, I, what did I say? I'm <laughs> exactly the language. But essentially what I said was, all I want to know is when you, these are your core values and you, they're all passionate, they're very passionate about them at the, at the leadership level. Do people behave aligned to those values that all the people behave, align to those values every minute of every day here in your business. Because that is the only measure. Hmm. And they kind of fluffed around and went, no, 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 no. Answer the question. They went, well, no, sometimes some people don't. There's the point. So already it's busted. You know, it's like mm -hmm. the whole point of those core values is it should 
ultimately direct everybody's behavior. Decision making and behaviors. And... Everything. Yeah. Yeah. So what you end up with is there's some really polished stuff, you know, usually created by a marketing company that is completely meaningless. It's not actually, it's not actually directing behavior on the floor of the business, which is really what it's all about. Yes. And, and that probably leads me into the next question of, again, with quite a self-aware group of, you know, again, through social channels, people being very well read, conferences, uh, you know, a lot of people, the things we've been talking about, people are pretty self-aware of that, that they're the elements of a high-performing culture. But one thing I'm interested in your opinion on is this notion of people almost trying to be too perfect then. They've, they've got this perfectly curated culture. They've, I, I tend to find some of the really high-performing businesses I see, they've they're not all that perfect and they're actually embracing some of the imperfections and the way they come at things, which are just different. You know, they're not following those traditional lines and just go, Hey, we're a bit different and that's okay. Uh, Is that something you try and get them to embrace as well? Cause I do think there's some people that are a bit guilty of just trying to be all things to all people and and therefore being a little bit average. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's, it's whenever you look at any high performing, truly high performing culture, um, you're right, it's, it's ultimately unique, although the words are probably not unique, but how they play them out, they are very clear about what those words mean for them. Um, they don't stick to the rules of only having three or five core values so everyone remembers them. You know, often they've got 13 or eight or 26. <laughs> often people can't repeat them, but they can tell you, they can talk for hours about the behaviors they have to follow, which if you pin it back, actually lead straight back to what those core values they can remember were. So you're right, it's very, it's often quite messy because it's real, it's real. Hmm. Um, and what you, what you will see when you go in those places is when somebody steps away from the um, accepted behavior, anybody in the business will call it out. Hmm. <laughs> They're not waiting for yeah. leaders, you know, you know, the, the junior in the office will go, hey, <laughs> Why do you that's think, just why not do how that? we that's not, do. That's, that's not how we do things. Like you would in the, like you would in the friendship group. Like if you're in the, you know, in the pub with your mates, and somebody said something that as a group and just wasn't acceptable to you. Somebody, somebody, anybody would just say, "Oh, hold on, that's that's just not that's not how we do things in this in this group." So it's yeah, no, it is a it is a people thing. Uh, exactly, and we find it in here. Just decision making becomes a lot easier because people all know. It it almost run through a, a filter of from a culture of values perspective, and that just spits out. And I think you you end up moving quicker, innovating quicker, and all the decision making, the right, the wrongs, uh, pathways, yeah. strategies, runs through that filter um, before you're putting it forward. And and it's not a, a, a formal process. It's just you can see people making decisions with that as a an organic um, filter on things, um, which yeah, I, I think certainly helps us. Um, so, uh, you know, we covered a lot of ground um, and I, to bring it all together I, is probably to go back to where we started to give you final thoughts on, we start off with this statement, um, again, I don't know whether it's actually, I think it's attributed to Peter Drucker, whether it actually was or not, I'm not sure, but um, we'll, we'll just roll with it uh, as, as every good advisor does. Um, this whole notion, culture eats strategy for breakfast. What's, what's your final view on myth or reality? Yeah, I think when you wash everything through, it's, I think it is reality. I think you have to say if you really want if you really want to be highly successful, you need that. Yes, I have to choose. I'd go with culture, but I would I would really personally I'd really struggle just to go with that. So I think for me, it's it's it is it is definitely definitely the most important. But if you can put strategy, good strategy alongside it, 
I think then you're really, really flying. Yeah, no, no, I'd back that up as well. I think they're pretty level pegging, um, but I think culture wins out a little bit more, but I don't think one works without the other. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. no, I think, uh, well, many thanks uh, for making the time today. I know you're su super busy and traveling all, all over the world. So um, I think we've covered lots of practical tips, uh, leaders, advisors, everybody can take back into their own businesses, their customers, suppliers and the like. So Jason, thanks again for all sharing your thoughts today. Thanks, James. Great, great speaking to you. All right, mate. Speak to you soon.